The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. There are three main characters in the story we give you tonight. A busy young man named Gary Worley in business for himself as a photographer. L.S. McCain, who is a private investigator and a good one. Not flashy, but thorough. Our third character is a question mark. He's the reason Gary sought out McCain. Because our third character, whoever he is, is a killer. And Gary is his target. But who he is, where he is, why he wants to kill Gary, and how he plans to do it are things we hope McCain can find out. In just a minute, I'll return with the first act of a baffling mystery as Crisis brings you Phil Harper and Loy Norix in Night Tapes. I was out of my office when Worley called. Had to spend all day in court as a witness. So when I checked back in, it was close to six o'clock. There were two or three phone slips on my spindle where Lorraine had left them, two window envelopes that could only be bills, and on top of the bills, a little clay fist with a sharply pointed index finger that was Lorraine's device for attracting my attention. When the finger had a note stuck to it, it meant, do this first. All the note said was, call Gary Worley and a phone number. So, being an obedient boss, I did as my secretary told me and called Gary Worley. Wondering, as I listened to it ring just who Gary Worley was. It rang only once, and then clicked. Hello, this is Gary Worley. I'm out of the studio at the moment, but if you'll leave your name and number, I'll get back to you as fast as possible. When you hear the tone, you'll have 30 seconds for your message. Sorry I missed you. Um, this is uh, Ellis McCain, Mr. Worley. My secretary asked me to call you. I'll be in the office about 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. You have the number. Well, I glanced at the other messages and decided to let them go till tomorrow. Pocketed the bills and was getting up to leave the office when... McCain Detectives. Oh, I caught you. Are you McCain? Yes, and you're Gary Worley. <laughs> That's incredible. How could you know that? Because I just heard your voice on your message recorder ten seconds ago. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Now, you must have just gotten in. Uh, no, Mr. McCain. I was sitting here when you called. Huh? Yeah. Uh, monitoring the calls. I see. Well, if you'd like to tell me why you called. Uh, I was monitoring the calls because I've received a threatening phone call, and I, uh... And, well, it's, it's got me a little spooked. Threatening phone call? Where, at your office? Yeah. Now, listen, I, I know it's dinner time, but, but could you come over tonight? Where are you located? 219B Spring Street. Spring. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd sure appreciate it. Now, tell me one thing, Mr. Worley. Have you reported this call to the police? No. You should, you know. Uh, I'd, I'd rather not. Why is that, Mr. Worley? It, 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 it's a long story. But look, I'm not a kook, but I am scared. Will you help me? I'll drop over, Mr. Worley. 219B Spring Street was a narrow storefront in a rundown part of town. There was no name on the store window. In fact, the window was blanked out with a cheap bamboo window blind. I knocked on the painted-out glass of the door. The window blind trembled, the chain lock rattled, and the door opened. Standing in the shadows was a slender young guy with a bushy black beard, a blue beret on his head, and terror in his eyes. McCain? Mr. Worley? I said, are, are you McCain? Yes, I'm McCain. Come in. 
Come on back. You keep it pretty dark in here. Uh, not usually. Oh, I see. You're a photographer. Yeah. Yeah, nice looking work. Oh, this stuff, uh, that's old. I don't do portraits anymore. What do you do? Sit down. Thanks. I just do special assignment stuff now. Special? Oh, you, you know, long lens, infrared, like that. Sounds like uh, undercover stuff. Yeah. I work for private detectives a lot. But yet you call me. Why not you use one of your clients if you need help? Because for all I know, it's, it's one of my clients who's trying to kill me. Hmm. When did you get this phone call? Last night. You remember what I said? Uh, I'll play it for you. Came in on my phone recorder last night and... Uh, well, listen. I'm coming to get you, Worley. One of these days. So start sweating. That's all there is? <laughs> That's it. You say it could be one of your clients. What made you say that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess in this business you learn to trust nobody. Well, Mr. Worley, if you want me to do you any good, you're going to have to trust me. Now, you say you uh, won't go to the police. Why? Well, see, some of my surveillance uh, implicates the police. Some of them, anyway. <laughs> they just love to find out about this studio and what I do. All right. You don't trust the police. You don't trust your private detective friends. Just what made you call me? Well, let's, let's just say I checked you out and you check out good. Now, what's that supposed to mean? No, 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 don't get hot. All I mean is... You run a clean shop. How would you know? Oh, because you never hired me. I formed an instant dislike for Mr. Gary Worley, but I also felt sorry for him. He led me through the back of his tiny studio and showed me the tools of his trade. Cameras that could take pictures in almost total darkness. Telephoto lenses that could reach into a car window and nail an unsuspecting couple from three blocks away. And miniaturized equipment small enough to wear as a watch or a ring. A little bearded face quivered. His hands trembled. As he talked, he chain-smoked. Huh? That's the whole shot. Quite a collection. Well, <laughs> that's how I make a living. Tell me, Worley, who do you think made that threatening phone call? Are you kidding? How would I know? What time was the call made? In the middle of the night sometime. I, I came in this morning and I started listening to the night tapes, and there it was. Yeah, play it again. Okay. Yeah. It couldn't be some buddy of yours. Maybe he got loaded and thought he'd have a little fun with your telephone recorder. I, I don't have any buddies. Well, it's like the needle in the haystack, but I'll see what I can do. Far out. Now, look, I'm not promising a thing. Hey, I'm grateful to have someone on my side. Now, first of all, save that tape. I will. Put a fresh one on tonight. If he calls again, let me know. Don't worry. And I want you to think. Think hard about anyone who could have a motive to... To harm you. Listen, McCain, I, I, I've lost count of the thieves and the, the cheating spouses and the two-bit politicians I've nailed. It could be any one of them. I thought you kept a low profile. I do. But, you know, nobody can hide forever. Some guy could have find, found out who snapped his picture and helped send him up. Or set him up. Yeah, or set him up. Yeah, I don't ask. I just shoot. I see. Oh, and about my fee. Well, whatever it is, I'll pay. Business must be good. It is. Now, you just keep me alive to enjoy it. Okay? I was glad to get out of the stuffy little hole in the wall and breathe some fresh smog. I went home, had dinner, watched the tube, fell asleep on the couch like a good American husband, got transferred to bed by my patient wife, and dreamed all night about a creepy little man with a black beard in a black sweater and a black watch cap who turned into a dartboard. 
Suddenly, I had a handful of darts, and just as I was aiming at him, I woke up. My wife, Barbara, had the phone in her hand. Ellis, Ellis, it's Lorraine. Uh, what What time is it? It's 7.40. I, I let you sleep. You were so restless last 740. night. 7.40? Just... Holy smoke. Hello, Lorraine. I'm sorry, Mr. McCain. No, that's all right. I ought to be up anyway. Did you see your message last night to call him Mr. Gary Worley? Sure, I called him. Is he one of our clients now? Yeah. Well, he just called, just as I was opening up ten minutes ago. He wouldn't tell me what was wrong, but he's very upset. He wants you to see him right away. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll go there first. I'll check in from his place. Thanks, Lorraine. I got another one, McCain. On your night tape? Yeah. You get any sleep last night? Not until late. I, I had a job after I saw you. It took me till, oh, I guess around three. You want to hear the tape? Play it. You. Yes. Well, actually, this could be helpful. How? It narrows the field. Now we know the person making the phone call knows you've hired me. Who have you told? Are you kidding? No one. I haven't told a single living soul. Isn't it possible that somebody followed you to Gary Worley's studio? Or maybe somebody had it staked out and saw you drive up. Yeah, yeah, those are possibilities. Mr. McCain, what can you do? Lorraine, I want you to find out everything you can about Worley. Everything. Hall of Records? Hall of Records. Uh, check his credit. Use the reverse directory and check his neighbors. Get me a real profile on him. Everything you can find out. Where will you be? I'll be working from the other end, starting with the phone company. I'll man the fort. You take off. the second line. Then if a call came in that you wanted to trace, we'd use the second line to alert the tracer. No, 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 that's no good. The character knows he's talking into a recording machine at the other end, and his calls last only about ten seconds. No, no, we'd need more time than that. There is one thing that's a little unusual, Mr. McCain. What's that? Well, that he'd have a business phone with an unlisted number. What? Well, that is rather odd, wouldn't you say? I... I didn't know his number was unlisted. Never tried to look it up. An unlisted number narrowed the field even further. Now I was looking for someone who knew Worley had hired me and who knew his silent number. It had to be somebody so close to Worley that he wouldn't even suspect him. Late in the afternoon, Lorraine came back from her prospecting. Hi. Hi. Let me sit down and rest. Whew. Big day in the archives, huh? Well, what'd you find out? Let me catch my breath. All right. Gary Worley, where shall I begin? Does he have a record? Police record, no. Uh, he's unmarried. Rents an apartment at, uh, where is it? Oh, the Terrace Arms on East Vermont. He's a vet, honorably discharged. Bought a Chevy van on time from Bank of America, a repo. Mm. Uh, doesn't own a gun. Nor doesn't have a license for one. Oh, yeah. You check his neighbor's? Yeah, I use the sewing machine pitch. Hmm. Well, they say he's quiet, doesn't get home until late, doesn't have parties. Damn! Why, because he doesn't have parties? No, where are his friends? Who knows him well enough to want to... Threaten to kill him? Yeah. School, what about schools? No university. He went to Cleveland High in Monterey Park. See average. Ah. What did he do before he set up shop as a photographer? Don't know. Oh, was in the Army, I guess. How long? Four years. Discharged in November 1973. Well, then that's where we begin. Army records. 
Somebody he knew in the army, maybe. He was a good soldier, I guess. He got the Purple Heart. Okay. Leave this stuff where I can get at it, and, uh, and you call it a day. Thank you. I hate the Hall of Records. The Terrace Arms had recently been given a coat of gray paint on its aging imitation brick. The aroma of boiled cabbage hung in the air of the central corridor, which reminded me of an army barracks. And the door, marked with a plastic number six, was locked. It was 7.30. No light or sound escaped from under Worley's door. I assumed he was on another of his reconnaissance missions with his spy cameras, so I explored the ancient lock with my pick and got inside without anyone seeing me. The room was anything but a retreat. It was about as homey as a jail cell. A yellowed roller shade covered the lone window. An iron bedstead framed rumple sheets and a rough plaid blanket. There was a small refrigerator and range in the kitchenette. A parts magazine from a camera supply house on the table, along with a filled ashtray. The most interesting furnishings were the piles of cardboard boxes. Well, since I didn't really know what I was looking for in my client's apartment, I began with the boxes. They were filled with newspapers, not just the local papers. There were Chicago papers, New York papers, Boston, Philadelphia, Denver, and news magazines. <laughs> then I had to laugh at myself. McCain, the great detective, intercepting boxes of trash on their way to the recycling station. Now, the Spartan digs of Gary Worley gave up no clue that would tell me who was threatening him. Then I got an idea. A crazy idea, maybe. I slipped out of the terrace arms and headed for Worley's studio. You want what, man? A camera with a telephoto lens. Why, you found somebody, right? Who is it? Now, go easy. It's just a very routine thing. I want to borrow that gear for a little surveillance of a place I'm interested in. Might not have a thing to do with you. Well, if you can't tell me... I'll tell you tomorrow. Now, can I get the equipment? (sighs) Yeah, I'll fix you up. You want me to do what? Just call this number every 15 minutes and tell the time and hang up. All night long? And you can sleep in in the morning. And where are you going to be all night? Earning my fee, dear. Just earning my fee. The night passed very slowly, I'm sure for all of us. With the first light of dawn, I headed for home. Kissed Barbara and relieved her from her telephone duty. Showered and shaved and then drove to Gary Worley's dingy little studio. At 8 o'clock, his Chevy van pulled into the alley behind the studio, and I walked up to him as he opened his back door. Morning, Gary. Oh, oh, man, you scared me. What's up? Let's go on in. Yeah, sure. I got a light on. There. Say, I've, uh, I've got a roll of film here I'd like you to develop. Yeah, sure, no sweat. Oh, yeah, and here's your camera and that long lens. Oh, okay. Uh, they work out all right? Well, I'll have to wait until we see the pictures. Yeah, right. Uh, listen, do you mind? i I, I got to listen to the night tapes and, and see if... Sure, we'll listen to them together. Oh, look here. There's lots of activity last night. You, you can tell by the numbers on this dial. See, I got a lot of calls. Uh, here, I'll rewind the tape. That the place to start? Yeah. Here goes. What the heck? It's 1 a.m. Wait a minute. It's 1.15 a.m. What is this? Oh, that's my wife, Barbara. She's auditioning to replace the time lady for Ma Bell. It's, it's your wife? 
Hey, what's the idea? No, I, I think you'll hear something shortly now. It's two. Yes, yes, listen. You can shut off the machine now. He, he knows everything. Yes, he does. And now so do I. What, what do you mean? I mean I know who wants you dead. Who? Who is it? The caller called in just after Barbara's 2 a.m. time signal, didn't he? he yeah, I, 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 I guess he did. So? Well, at three minutes after two, I took a photograph of a man making a phone call. He was at the phone for exactly 15 seconds. That's all. Then he hung up and went back to bed. He, you mean you've got him on film? Mm. Uh, on that roll you gave me? My God, let's develop it. All right. Here's the uh, contact sheet. Got a magnifying glass? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, here. No. You look. Do I... Do I know him? Maybe you do. And maybe you don't. Who is it, Worley? Oh, it's... It's me. You got out of bed just after two this morning and made a phone call. Who did you call, Worley? Well, I didn't call anyone. I was asleep at two o'clock. Well, maybe your conscious mind was asleep. But there's a part of you that wants to see you destroyed. And I think I know why. You followed the Lieutenant Callie case pretty closely, didn't you, Worley? <laughs> me? No. You saved every paper and magazine that covered the Malay Massacre. You were in on it, weren't you? No. But somehow, nobody ever picked you out. You missed the court-martial. There's a part of you that's screaming for your execution, Worley. No. And that part of you takes over when your conscious mind is exhausted and makes a nightly threat on your life. But if that were all true, then I'd be crazy. I don't know, Worley. I don't know. What are you going to do? Well, I was thinking of going home and frying a couple of eggs and some bacon. And and what am I going to do? Why don't you come with me? And then if you feel like it, I know a good doctor you could talk to. Someone once said, The last great frontier is not over the seas or beyond the stars, but within man's mind. In a minute, I'll be back with a preview of next week's program and the names of tonight's players. Tonight, Crisis presented an original play for radio entitled Night Tapes, with Phil Harper as Gary Worley and Loy Norix as Ellis McCain, Pat French was Barbara, and Margie Boulay was Lorraine. The program was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, who invites you to join us here next week at the same time for Crisis. <laughs> <laughs>